When a pilot gets that commercial certificate, does that mean they're ready for Delta United? We're going to find out on this episode of Taking Off Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Taking Off Podcast. I'm Dan Milliken. And I'm Christy Wong. And today I dressed prepared for it to be cold in here. <laughs> That's right. So we're shooting at the beginning of October here in Texas. It's still kind of warm. Is uh, it October already? It's already October, uh, although I don't know when this episode will air. It might be November by the time we put it out there. But last time you came, you came on a day that it was 109 degrees when Correct. we recorded last month. and. It was 40 degrees here in the studio. Yes. I'm actually wearing a sweatshirt as well. Yeah, it's 83 outside and 33 inside. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, big difference here. So we, we are dressed appropriately. Now, for those listening on Spotify, Amazon, or iTunes, you're not seeing what we're talking about. But for YouTube podcasts, you'll be able to see what we're talking about. Awesome. And we're talking about commercial pilot certificates. I get asked all the time if I'm a commercial pilot. And when they ask me that, they're asking if I'm an airline pilot. And those are two different things. Totally different things. And to help us with this topic, I've reached out to YouTuber a commercial pilot in charge, Seth Barber. Seth, wait, you're... is it commercial? No, it's commercial pilot in command. Oh, in command. I yeah, said just charge. remember pilot in command. Pilot in command, PIC. So, it's Seth C-P-I-C. Barber, thank you for for joining us today. Hey, Dan, Christy, uh, thanks for having me on. How are you? We're doing good. Cold. <laughs> now, where are you at? We're calling you in. Where, where do you live? Where are you operating out of? I am in Orlando, Florida, and it is a very hot day. <laughs> it's a very so you're not bundled up in blankets and sweatshirts. No, it could be cold inside. <laughs> yes, we've yeah. no. Well, very no cool. sweatshirts, but lots of sweating and uh, and good air, air conditioning for sure. All right, Seth, do you see the problem of um, the the non? Um, well, I was going to say the non-pilot, but really even those with private certificates may just have this misconception that you get your commercial pilot certificate, and that means you're ready to go fly 737. Do you see that? Yes, I do, actually. And it's a very good topic to discuss because, um, you know, with regulations, with understanding your certificate, it's important to to know what privileges you have as a commercial pilot. And uh, to know the difference between, well, can I go do, you know, any kind of flying, um, you know, for example, tailwheel flying is much different than, uh, you know, just flying in a 172. And so knowing the regulations and understanding, you know, really what is a commercial pilot's license compared to an airline transport pilot's license, an ATP, uh, can really be a significant, uh, you know, bad, it could be a bad thing if you don't fully understand the uh, the differences. All right, Chrissy, take us through the hierarchy of the pilot certificates. Sure. You start off with your private pilot certificate. Now, you didn't say license. I did not. <laughs> Apparently, some of our viewers... They get, get very touchy. They get very touchy if you say pilot license. It is a certificate, though. I mean, I get it. It's, you yeah. know, some people say PPL, some people say certificate. So I'm just going to say private pilot certificate. Okay, and then what's next? So then you get your instrument rating on top of that. So you're still a private pilot, but then you have an instrument rating, so now you can fly in the clouds. Okay. So the difference between the two, what I usually tell students is, or what I used to tell students... A private is 
learning how to avoid the weather and an instrument is learning how to fly with the weather, mm -hmm. then you work toward your commercial certificate. So that's the next one. That's the next one. Now you could either do your commercial multi-engine or your commercial single engine. I did my commercial single engine first. Which most people do. Well, now, yes. It used to be different, though, because you used to have to do your initial commercial in a retract airplane. That's right. So the best way to do that was just to do a two-in-one, get it done in the multi, because the multi was a retract. And you wouldn't have to later have a multi add-on to your commercial pilot's license, which is what Brian Turner <laughs> which is what Brian Turner and I just recently did. Well, in, in April of 2018, the FAA changed it, and they said, hey, guys, guess what? We're not going to make you do your commercial initial in a retract aircraft anymore. Yeah, so you could just use a 172, which is what's funny is I went for my commercial certificate in May of 2018. I did mine in, in June, July. July, yeah, it was I know. July. I remember because we had barely knew each other, but I think we spent some time on the phone after my commercial uh, debriefing, yes. so that you would know. And I remember being super terrified, which is so funny and so like me because looking back now, I'm like the commercial single was the easiest aircraft I've ever done. <laughs> All but, right, but yeah, we so you do that. You you do the so for in my in circumstance, I did my commercial single because I could do it in the Warrior. I had at least ten hours hours of TAA slash retract time. So I could just do that. And then I got my multi-commercial add-on afterward, which actually saved me money doing it that way. At what point does ATP, Airline Transport Pilot, come in? 1,500 hours. Okay. And at that point, then you can get that certificate. Yes. And now, that enables you to be able to fly a 737. Well, that enables people. you to fly 121 or, or right. the airline. So Part 121. Here's the thing, though. I know where that where the misnomer comes from, where they say commercial pilot, commercial pilot. Back in the day before the they say the 1,500-hour rule, the 1,500-hour rule it, it already existed. You already needed 1,500 hours to, to be, be an the, ATP. To be, yeah, to be you, the captain. You needed an ATP to be PIC. But as an SIC, you only needed a commercial certificate. Second in command, yeah. Right, exactly. But um, after the Colganair incident, they changed it to where now SICs also needed to be an ATP. One thing I want to point out that a lot of people, I see so much of this, 1,500 hours. I don't know why they make us have 1,500 hours, et cetera, et cetera. I would ask you to go find, you know, 10 pilots that actually got hired by the airlines with less than 1,500 hours before that rule. It didn't happen. Most oh, this, yeah. Most people I know actually had way more time. Like my best friend Heather had 27, 2,800 hours in the mid-2000s before a regional would even look at her. So the 1,500-hour rule... I air quote it, 1500 right. hour actually improve things for us, whether people want to believe that or not. So Seth, where are you at in your training? So I am what they call restricted ATP, which is when you get a degree from college that is an accredited part 141 school and you, uh, you complete your commercial certificate through them, then you are considered a restricted ATP when you hit 1,250 hours. And I am about 1,400 hours. So I'm coming close to my, my 1,500. But, um, you know, that does change things in regards to applying for certain positions. So I want to clarify as well. So it sounds like, Seth, you went to a two-year degree program to get that 1250 restricted. Am I correct in saying that? 
That's correct. And I basically added that on to my previous degree, which um, basically completed uh, an associate's degree on top of a bachelor's degree. So, you know, which, you know, That's anybody looking to become a, yeah. a, a <laughs> Yeah, it was a little bit. Yeah, I got an associate, then I got a bachelor's, then I got another associate. So it was kind of like, uh, you know, I got to make up my mind what I want to do here. You know, Do what you got to do. Now, if you go to a four-year university under those same stipulations, the accredited 141 flight school, they'll drop it down to a thousand for your thousand hours for, for your restricted. restricted. Correct. Um, that means you cannot, you still could not act as a PIC. I mean, yeah, PIC. So you can't upgrade to captain or anything like that, which you wouldn't be able to anyway. But just to clarify some of the the terms and where the restricted and the non-restricted ATP. Non-restricted ATP is 1,500 hours and you meet all those requirements, like the 500 cross country, et cetera, et cetera. 100 night time. I think it's like 75 instrument. All right. Well, so I don't want to get into ATP because really this whole episode is about the commercial pilot. So when you get that... CPL, the Commercial Pilot Certificate. Seth, what can you do with that card? You can laminate it, put it on the wall, and look at it, because <laughs> it's going to be a little bit before you really get to use it. <laughs> that is an accurate but, statement. Uh, right, right. Uh, but on a realistic note, there's a lot of things that you can do. Of course, the the first thing that everybody defaults to is is going to be a CFI, which if you have a personality, I, I did a, a kind of a video on this at one point where I've talked about your personality and, you know, thinking about knowing yourself uh, in when you go into doing a specific role, for example, if you're a somebody who just is not a people person, maybe customer service is not really your thing, uh, going into something where you're single pilot cargo ops or you are doing banner towing or, you know, doing ag flying, those are kind of more suitable in that role. And then, of course, you could go way deep down into that hole as to how do you actually get those jobs, um, which I, you know, try to help people understand a little bit. But to start out, you know, are you a teacher? Are you somebody who really enjoys watching others succeed? Are you a people person? If that's the case, then CFI is great because you're already trained. You already know the school. Most of the time, they will offer you to start your CFI training right after you graduate. So it's almost like, okay, let's jump right into this and keep going. Now, I will be that person to say I actually got my CFI I became a certificated flight instructor and did not intend to use it. No, I remember you talking about that. You're like, I don't like to teach. I don't like people. No, you didn't say I that. Mean, but, but you did I was not. But then you, you were scared to. But then you did it one time and you fell in love with it. Well, I got an opportunity to uh, join the Envoy Cadet program. I got hired with Envoy, got the CJO. But then they were like, Oh, you're a CFI. We can we can literally hire you right now. And you go to one of our affiliate flight schools, you be a CFI, get your 1500, we give you a class date. And I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to do that. But this seems like I really want to go to Envoy. And so I did that. And I, I was scared. But man, after that first couple of weeks or so, when I started really getting into it, I really enjoyed it. That surprised me. So Seth, are you teaching? And, and where are you wanting to go? So, you know, you're, you're restricted ATP. Are you wanting to head to the 121s? Uh, so, first of all, no, I'm not teaching. I actually was one of the, uh, one of the black sheep that decided 
that being a CFI was not my thing. <laughs> so what I ended up doing is, is I ended up getting into banner tone, which really oh, nice. helped me build hours. And the thing is, is with banner tone, if, if you don't mind me talking about this subject, because no, I do get a lot of uh, interest in this. Yeah, this is the whole point of this episode. I want to hear about the different commercial jobs. For sure, for sure. Banner towing is um, great because you get to see so much stuff. Like when I first started, I was down in Miami and I was just learning how to, you know, basically pick up banners and how to do, you know, half birthday Susan and that kind of thing on the beach. Uh, but once I really started building experience, of course, you need a tailwheel endorsement for that. Then um, what happened was is the world kind of opened up to me. And I was able to go to New Jersey, New York. I was able to tow banners all along the beaches in Long Island, all the way out to Montauk. I even did a, a, a banner for a hot dog contest in Coney Island, oh, which wow. was pretty awesome. Did you get free hot dogs? <laughs> and, that, uh, that's an important no, I just, question. The thing is, is we're flying Piper PA-18s and there's no door, right? So we need to be actually lean out and look and see the banner. So there's no door. Um, so you can smell the hot dogs at a thousand feet, but you don't get to eat them. Dang. <laughs> well, that's but, interesting. Um, well, how did, yeah, if you were towing amazing. banners, how did you, in Florida, how did you end up towing banners all over the place? The company, um, they basically hired me as an independent contractor. And once I proved myself in training, uh, what you have to do, you kind of have a check ride where you pick up a banner with your instructor and the FAA comes out and they watch that process. And if everything looks safe and you know what you're doing and it looks like every other banner toe that they've ever seen, they will, they will add you to, uh, they'll add you to their list of, you know, being able to, to fly oh, to the company. So, so wait a minute, let me get this straight. If I have my commercial uh, certificate, which I do, I just can't go get some training and start towing banners. I have to have an, some like kind an of endorsement, F a check ride or something from the FAA. Yes, that's correct. Wow, interesting. Did not know that, dude. Mad respect for the banner tours out there. I did not know that. For so sure. Is it an yeah, actual it's endorsement an in your office? Job. No, it's actually, it's uh, how do you put it? It's kind of um, it's you're kind of on rating. a waiver with the company. Okay. Right. It's, a, it's like a waiver because we fly, or when I was there, things might have changed, but I don't think they have. Um, but basically, we're flying restricted category airplanes. And so there's a restricted oh. category, uh, utility category, and then they add you to that waiver. The FAA approves that. So I very well here in Texas might be in a situation where I do banner tow, where I get a, a company that just checks me off and goes, I don't have to get an FAA waiver or endorsement is that correct it depends it depends the, so it just varies. I would, it's the company that's driving that is what i'm hearing you say right and and anybody who's interested i would highly recommend and look for companies that have that process because you want that process you want the faa to know that you're a good pilot and they've watched you pick up a banner and you're not flying for joe schmo's you know banner company and there's there could be legal restrictions you know if you get into the regs safety. um when it comes to yeah in safety you're right so having a safe company a reputable company and one that is is friends with the faa and follows the regulations will keep you safe and set you up for a successful career. Does it say banner tour on your certificate now? No. Dang it. <laughs> I wish it did, but it doesn't. See, I would want yeah. that. 
what else can you do with a commercial certificate other than teach or banner tow if you want to build time to get to that 1500 hours anything that you would consider how would i put it like for example you can tow gliders that's another thing when I was, uh, I, I originally trained in Colorado, there was a company, a local company that you got your tailwheel endorsement, which I always tell people, get your tailwheel endorsement, spend the 15 hours getting it because it will open up more opportunities and it will allow you to take on jobs like, uh, well, in fact, if you look at ag flying as well as uh, banner towing and glider towing, all three of those, the primary aircraft they use are Piper Pawnees, uh, Piper PA, 18 super cubs and or or you know um they're using uh, any kind of tailwheel aircraft so having that endorsement sets you up to be able to apply to other jobs so that's another one that i see a lot of people do they go and they tow gliders which gives you pic time it gives you uh, cross-country time depending on how far you go uh, which is which is what I was able to get when I was towing banners. I built, I put 600 hours in my logbook in between um, Memorial Day and Labor Day, which is a ridiculous oh, amount wow. of hours. Just over summer, yeah. So what I'm hearing right. is a lot of towing opportunities <laughs> for for building time. Yes, uh, exactly. And you know. One thing that I've wanted to see was more opportunities open, but I'm always looking for other opportunities uh, that are going to open to pilots that have lower time. The thing is, is going back to your first comment about the 1500 hours is you know, it really is important to have good quality experience. And one thing that I, I had a flight instructor say one time is, do you have a thousand hours in an airplane or do you have one hour a thousand times? And that always struck me as, right. well, that's interesting because how much experience are you getting as like a flight instructor flying around in circles, which you're not even controlling the airplane. You're supervising the controls. Um, how much experience are you actually getting, you know, muscle memory experience? It depends, and, um, honestly. It depends on the true. kind of person you are and the kind of instructor you are. Because I feel like I gained a lot out of my instruction, like instructing experience. But I also did corporate flying and, and stuff like that. I got a very good, you know, vast experience of flight time. But, yeah, if you're content just to sit in the right seat, then, I mean, that, and, and not do anything. And give the same anything, lesson over and over again. Yeah, that's different. I mean, it, again, it, it's going to boil down to the person. What are you willing? You get out of this what you put into it. And that's true, true. of, like, any job you take, even at the airlines. Okay, what other— I would certainly agree. So, Seth, other than uh, towing, banners, gliders, and—oh, and by the way, a side note here, rabbit trail. Brian Turner um, got to go gliding. Yeah, I saw that. He liked the tow plane more than the glider. I believe that. So I like the glider more, and so we want to try to go out there, get our ratings. But he wants to get a— I want to go. He wants to get his tow pilot rating. I want to get my glider rating. I want to get the glider. Glider is really great because it teaches you energy management. We are going just way off on a tangent. Oh, no, yeah. I will tell you. So going back yeah. to what you were saying, when I got my commercial certificates, I was like, I'm a commercial pilot. Okay, this is useless. And then um, I started looking as I approached 500 hours. That's usually about the time people will start hiring you. It's right, right around that 500-hour mark. And I looked at companies like Skylands, 
which is the like aerial photography. They do like the 172s and stuff. You can also do like aerial survey with certain companies. Pipeline patrols. Pipeline patrols and things like that. The problem. Skydiving. Right. Well, the problem with those companies, though, is that like they probably get, I don't know, a thousand applications for every one opening. Really? Oh, my gosh. I thought everybody's starving for pilots right now. Oh, it's so not for low time pilots. Because okay. there's low time pilots are like the higher up you go with the more flight time that's needed. Yeah, they need pilots, which is why a lot of these major airlines are reducing their minimums. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at like Southwest, for example. They were they used to be like, oh, you must have like 10,000 hours and a 737 type rating and O positive blood type, you know. Right. And now with like a four year college degree with a master's and everything else. Now they've lowered it to where they're like, okay, you got 500 hours of turbine time. Come talk to us. Mm -hmm. So, but the lower level ones, there's a lot more pilots available. So I believe based on my current information, I could be wrong. You guys are welcome to correct me. But those low time pilot openings are highly competitive. Okay. So we have um, pipeline, uh, aerial photography, uh, jump pilot uh, Seth, what goes into all of those? With your, you, you've got 400 hours, you've got that certificate for a commercial pilot. Are you able to just go and start doing those right away? That's a that's a tough, um, you know, definitely a tough uh, ask because you know, I, and I see this a lot of a lot of people are struggling. Like I'm at 500 hours, what else do I need to do? I'm not getting higher, and. You know, it goes back to what you were saying about the, the quantity of low-time pilots uh, that are applying for these positions. And you got to be careful because there are some companies that can be shady. You know, you really got to look into a company. I have a friend who did some transport stuff in between the Caribbean islands, and he <laughs> said it was really, really sketchy. He said it was maintenance was bad and, and a whole was, bunch of uh, it was packets, just not good. baggies of flower looking stuff. <laughs> sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I know though, <laughs> but, I, I had friends that got jobs as cargo pilots when they were around the 500 hour mark ish. Um, but it was funny because they would only hire them if they had their CFI certificate at 500 hours. So yeah, it was just one of those, like, you mm. you have to have the certificates and the ratings, even though you're not going to be a CFI. But they were like, well, if you get your CFI, then it proves that you can go through the rigors of a CFI check, right? That was, I think, kind of their... Right. So that's why, that's honestly why I got my CFI originally, because I was like, oh, this will open up opportunities and doorways for me. I see. Yeah. It's a great point. Great point. What else, Seth, um, does that 400-hour um, newly minted commercial pilot, um, what can they do to uh, help build time other than what we've mentioned? So the thing is, is that if you've noticed, um, it's kind of a two-part answer. There are airlines that are starting to hire and basically bring in commercial pilots from graduation and bring them up into the ranks and basically take them on, pay for their training, getting them into the airlines. And I would consider if I was in my commercial pilot training, I was getting ready to graduate, you know, a couple months before then I would start talking to, you know, I would get on LinkedIn and I would look for recruiters and, and um, anybody in talent acquisition with those companies that you're interested in, whether it's United or Southwest or whichever ones are providing that service. 
and see if you can start getting that conversation started. So that way, when it comes time to graduate, uh, that you might have a chance to be able to get on with that company. Like getting hired at United with 250 hours is is an unbelievable accomplishment. Uh, eventually, you're going to be a captain at that airline, and you're going to go on from there. So there is something to consider for that as well. One thing, too, is and this is where I had a little bit of luck, I guess you could say. After I got done banner towing, I got hired on with a cargo carrier. And one of the things they did was they looked at my hours and they said, <clears throat> well, you kind of need about 20 more hours for night flying. So what we're going to do is we have a company 172. We're going to put you in that, go fly every night for three or four hours, build up your nighttime. And then when you get done, we'll start the next phase of your training. And that was monumental for me to get those very, very important hours in my logbook that that you need later on. Now, uh, am I correct in saying that like these programs you were mentioning earlier, United, Southwest, et cetera, they'll bring you onto their programs, but their expectation is that you'll get your flight instructor certificates. That's how you're going to build time because you can't build time with them in any other way. Like you can't join United's program and then build time with United as a United pilot until you hit 1500 hours. So how do you get that 1500 hours? It's a great question. And, you know, it really depends on the program and if they are requiring a CFI, uh, like you had mentioned, then you know, they're going to pay for that, especially when it comes to your ratings, when you're taking your check rides, when you're taking your written tests, they you're hired from that company. They want so I can tell you they, they do not pay for it. What they do is they provide access to get financing for it. Oh, really? Yes. My fr I have got a very good friend of mine who actually looked at the United program, and they were going to give her a loan for $100,000. Holy cow. Yes. Is that what you're seeing, Seth? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I have um, – I've been – kind of looking into it a little bit. I haven't looked that deep into it recently. And I know that this is kind of a new idea and that things have changed. So um, that specifically, I'm, I'm not aware of, but I, I, I could be off on that information. So I, I definitely say, you know, do your own research and in, in, depending on which company you're looking for. Yeah, I 100% guarantee you, unless somebody wants to provide a link or something below that says, here you go, we're going to pay for all your training. They do not pay for your training. They're giving you what they do is they put you in the pipeline from like zero to hero. And then you've got a spot basically when you get to that point, but they're giving you access to loans to the financing to finance your aviation progression, if you will. And the, the whole thing behind it is you will get your CFI um, and your double I and possibly your MEI, you know, again, through these programs, and then you're going to pay it but you're going to build your time by flight instructing with these programs. They partner with affiliate flight schools. U.S. Aviation is one of those flight schools. That's, That's how where I know. you did do Envoy's cadet program. Yes, but they're also part, they partner with the Southwest, that Destination 225 or whatever. And I think they're partnering with a couple more now. And that's exactly what it is. You get your flight training there. You become a CFI there. That's how you build your time. All right. Okay. So uh, last words about that commercial pilot certificate, Seth, what, anything else you want to add to the conversation? 
Sure, sure. Um, I would recommend looking into companies that are hiring that have more like that kind of program. One I want to shout out, um, I'm not sponsored or anything by this company. It's just I think it's a great program. And I think it's something that is beneficial to pilots. Um, there is uh, two companies, cargo companies, that hire pilots to come on when you're not quite low time. Like you have to have some experience. You've got to have uh, PIC time. But one of the companies is Mountain Air Cargo. They're in. Uh, they're on the East Coast. And then there's also Empire. I think it's Empire Airlines. Um, they both have cargo. And the way they work is, is they, they bring you in. Uh, you might get hired as a uh, as a captain in a in a caravan a 208 or you'll get hired as uh, a first officer on an atr you build that time and then within a few years uh, you get to a point where they're going to present you to fedex and they have great rates when it comes to uh, success stories from being you know with mountain air cargo moving you through the program it's called the the purple runway program which i'd highly recommend anybody interested in ever flying for FedEx, look up the pump, Purple Runway programs right on their website, and you can see the whole kind of system of how they get you to that interview with FedEx, which is almost impossible if you're not with one of these companies. Like they see. have that retainer, and it's pretty amazing. All right, very good. And for you guys listening, make sure you check out Seth's YouTube channel, Commercial Pilot in Command. Is it Commercial PIC or commercial pilot in command it's both i call it commercial pic all the time okay so commercial pic yeah, on right. youtube huh. so seth thanks for uh for taking some time out of your day to uh chat with us about the commercial pilot absolutely i appreciate it um you know i'm a big fan of of contributing to aviation because it's given me so much and i want to give back to aviation and that drives me so i appreciate that you're you're doing this podcast and that you're bringing me on and you're helping pilots out there who really need it. So that, that makes me feel good. Thank you so much. You bet. All right. And for you guys listening, uh, don't forget our sponsors like Flying Eyes, where you can go to flyingeyesoptics.com, use our discount code, taking off all caps, one word for 10% off. Also, Colton Mortgage, if you need a residential mortgage, Colton at takingoff.com. My favorite mounts, our camera here that's sitting here is on one of those mounts it's 67 design 67d.com the brightest landing and taxi lights out there z vision xevision.com and also marshall protective services mpsprotects.com and jerry clemens at clemensinsurance.net jerry has saved me a lot of money in my insurance so those are our sponsors by supporting them you support us you did it you remembered all of them <laughs> i remembered all i was of secretly them. counting i was like which ones he's going to forget <laughs> so so uh, anyway do do uh visit our uh, sponsors it it really helps us and we'll see you guys next time on the ticking off podcast